0: All right, Mr. News, hit it. Next on the Ledger Report, the Trump legacy. The Trump legacy is greater and much, much stronger than those who are trying to kill it. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable the local anchorman reigned supreme and in san diego one anchor man was more man than the rest his name was graham ledger i'm going to ask you to mask up for the next 100 days this is not a political issue and I will issue an executive order to require masks, or I have the authority to do that, in federal worker for federal workers, in federal property, on interstate travel like trains and planes. We'll also be working with mayors and governors in red states and blue states, and require ma- and ask them to require masking up in their cities and their states. Look, I hope we now know this is not a political issue. This is about saving lives. I know it's become a partisan issue, but what a stupid, stupid thing for it to happen. This is a patriotic act. We're asking you. We're in a war with this virus. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. All right. Fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen, because for the next four years, this is what we're going to have to deal with. Lies upon lies upon layer of lies upon falsehoods. I could spend all day refuting what this man Joe Biden just said there. That the evidence is clear. That this is about saving lives. It's never been about saving lives. The response to the Wuhan Corona China virus has been for one purpose and one purpose only. And unfortunately, too many Republicans got suckered into it because they have no spine. It is so frustrating because back from the beginning, back in March of 2020, and then into April, you can check the tapes of what I was saying. I was begging people to do their own homework, to do their own research. And now we know if what Joe Biden is saying is correct, that masks save lives. (laughs) First of all, where's the science? Where's the science behind forcing people to wear a mask for 100 days? There's zero science behind this. It's all political. It's all designed for him to say after those 100 days, look, we did it. And it's not because of him. It's not because of his policies. It's because the Wuhan Corona China virus has worked its way through our society. And we have created herd immunity through natural and vaccinations had nothing to do with this man, has nothing to do with Joe Biden saying wear a mask for 100 days. He's not asking, by the way, he's lying. He's going to compel these state and local governments. You know how? He's going to threaten them by withholding funding or He'll unleash the Attorney General's office, just like his mentor, Barack Obama, did. And they'll sue, and they'll sue, and they'll sue these local municipalities that have no money. And they know that the local municipalities will fold, because they have no money. They don't have the resources to fight the Attorney General. This is the template that was formed during the Obama administration. Patriotic. He says it's patriotic to wear a mask. It is exactly the opposite. As far as stupidity goes, the evidence is clear. If masks work, then why are cases spiking in California? <laughs> there was a mask mandate issued on June 18th, 2020. We're now six months past that. And the cases have spiked in California. You know why? Because A, masks don't work. It says they're right on the CDC website. People tend to ignore this one. I've talked about it ad nauseum. You can go do your own homework on that. In 2018, they did a study. Very simply put, the conclusion of this well researched, heavy footnoted, peer reviewed study masks do very little, if anything, to stop the spread of any virus. Two years before the Wuhan coronavirus hit our shores, the CDC said it's useless. And they're talking about the N95s, by the way. So these people you see walk around with bandanas? It is so frustrating. And so the Republicans bought into it. We need to stand up now more than ever and be the voice of opposition. And if it risks us being silenced and shut off and cut off from social media, so be it. We need to continue. We have alternate forms of communication we have alternate social media out there we're set up yeah we're we're kind of in, in the infancy stages here that's fine we're building kind of rebuilding the audience pushing people over from youtube to rumble and from twitter to parlor and from facebook to me we, trying to use gab gab seems to be a little bit kludgy, as my buddy would say this man is lying The patriotic thing to do is to tell the American people the truth about masks. That the vast majority of the people who have come down with the Wuhan Corona China virus wore a mask. You don't believe me? Go do your own homework. I have researched this from day one. And from day one, it stunk. From day one, it was a blitz against the constitutional rights of Tens of millions of Amer- most of Americans. It never made any sense to me. And now we have Cuomo and we have the mayor lightweight of Chicago and we got the governor of Virginia now all saying, oh, you know what, we got to open up. No kidding, right on cue. Just as your buddy Graham Ledger predicted. Just as I predicted back in April. In April, I said, just wait. When the election's over, especially if Joe Biden wins, and I said back then, God forbid, the Wuhan corona virus is going to suddenly be not that big a threat. And of course, they'll say it's because of the, the vaccine. And of course, they'll say it's because of the hard work of the incoming president of the United States. The war we are fighting, Joe Biden, is against you. Because for the next four years, you and your underlings from homewrecker Harris on down are going to be attacking the very foundation of this republic life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness you are going to be on a mission for four years to redistribute wealth redistribute everything that those of us have worked hard for your mission over the next four years is to take as much as possible from people like me and other people who have worked for 20, 30 years And shift it somewhere else. We know this because Ron Klain, I don't know this guy. I'm going to start researching him. But he's the incoming chief of staff. You know he's going to be a bad dude has already outlined what the Biden administration is going to do right away. And mostly by executive order, of course. End restrictions on immigration to the U.S. from some Muslim-majority countries. That never was a Muslim ban. It was a ban on people immigrating from terrorist countries. From countries that support terrorism. That's right at the top. That's number one. Number two... Move to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. Well, what is the Paris Climate Accord? What is climate change and the response to it? What are carbon offsets and all this crap, all this nonsense? It's a scheme to redistribute wealth. It's, it's the, the, the response to so-called climate change is the same template as the response to the Wuhan coronavirus. It's driven by fear and unknown. And for lemmings, it's a wonderful motivator. So the lemmings say, oh, wear a mask. Oh, social distance. Oh, stay at home. Oh, don't go to work. And the lemmings also say, oh, the climate's on fire. Oh, the climate's freezing. Oh, we have this severe problem because of my SUV. Same thing. Only on this... With the Paris Climate Accord, this is on a global scale. And so this is an attempt to kneecap me and you and 330 other million Americans. The producers within that subset, a subset of the 330 million Americans, the producers, it's an attempt to take, again, our money, what we have worked for in our finite amount of time on this planet and shift it to Uganda or Guatemala. Pick it. Make mask-wearing compulsory on federal property and during interstate travel. This is a compliance test. There's no doubt about it. When, when you issue something like this at a federal level, you're trying to figure out—it's a litmus test. You're trying to figure out where the regions are that are going to cooperate and where the regions are that are still understanding the United States Constitution extend the pause on student loan payments, you're talking $2 trillion in debt. So who's, who's paying the interest on that? Hmm? Well, it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. And so when these eventually default, they probably will never get to that point, right? The federal government is just going to fold in this $2 trillion debt into our national debt and say, well, you know, you deserve to go to college free, right, Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, it's going to be Bernie Sanders running the show in terms of spending. We know this. And so, uh, you know, we're looking at a $28 trillion debt right now, operating debt, $200 trillion with all the... IOUs, $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities. This is a disaster in the making. An absolute disaster. And, and I never was a supporter of this massive deficit spending and the massive deficits that were being run up every year. I have never been in support. There's no r- reason for this. I've also never been a supporter of spending money that we don't have to ostensibly kickstart the economy that's been crushed by governments. Federal government on down as a response ostensibly to the Wuhan coronavirus. We don't need a 600 or 2000 stimulus check. We need freedom and liberty. We need the free markets. And we've got to get back there or this country is doomed. There is a way to do it. I'm not Mr. Doom and Gloom. I'm not a Debbie Downer here. I'm just laying the foundation for where we need to go and where we are going to go under this, quote, new administration. Extend actions meant to prevent evictions and foreclosures. For those struggling during the pandemic. See, if you step back and you look at the big picture here, and this is being done at the state level too. If you look at California, for example, same thing, the soon to be recalled governor of California is doing the same thing at a state level. It's just taking the tax dollars and shifting them over here. Redistribution of wealth. But the government is the intermediary. The government is in control. The government is telling citizens where The dollars are going and and who's going to survive and who's not going to survive and who's going to live where and who's not going to live where. This is a complete and total abdication of the very tenets of both founding documents, the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. Number, what is this, seven, six on the list, introduce a directive to speed up the reuniting of families separated at the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, you know we're, we're uh, seeing pretty much the um, the fruits of that already. You know that the caravans are back, and they're careening their way toward the U.S. border. And meekly, the incoming administration says, "Oh, don't come, don't come, please don't come, please don't come." Ah, uh, but it's too late because they're coming. They're on their way here careening north, just like they did during the Obama administration. Now, in a way, we are living in a parallel universe in the United States here. And this is the war that I talk about. It's a war of ideology versus ideals of the Constitution. This is the war. And it's being fought in the halls of Congress is being fought at the state level and it's being fought locally and it needs to be fought by us this is why I'm a proponent of a second declaration of independence independence from this wholesale attack on the founding principles of this republic so we live in this parallel to America universe one America that exists over here that I witnessed during the Democrat National Convention that didn't mention a word about the Constitution, only over and over and over again how certain Americans are not treated correctly, the inequality that exists in this country. The message was beat into people who were watching that Democrat Convention over and over and over again. So that's one universe. That's the Joe Biden Universe. And then the other universe is the MAGA, the conservative, the constitutional, the leave-me-alone, silent-majority universe that has an understanding, large or small, of the principles of this country and the principles of the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the principles of the United States Constitution, which is to limit government. Contract between the people and government to keep government out of their lives. Well, clearly, the radical left has figured out a way around the entire reason for the Constitution, to protect our rights from a rogue, runaway government. Well, we have a rogue, runaway government. But when we look at the Trump legacy... It is great and it is expansive. And some of it will be permanent. Thank God, some of it will be permanent. For example, thanking God, President Trump was the most pro-life president since Roe versus Wade. Even more so than Ronald Reagan. And so, think about all the babies that Ronald or excuse me, Donald Trump saved. Think about all those lives that Donald Trump kept from being extinguished that's a legacy that's going to live on it's a wonderful thing it is an absolute glorious and wonderful thing but I went to of all places a Nigerian website that had the guts to chronicle the Donald Trump legacy and included in there is of course pro-life it starts its list and this is where I would start it too with unprecedented economic boom. This economic boom under President Trump was not accidental. This was founded in a firm belief in the rugged individualism and the unique ability, the unprecedented manner in which Americans are able to build upon the freedom and the liberty that we have in order to make our lives better, as the Declaration says, to make money if we choose, right? Nothing in the Constitution says you have to make money. We want to live, right? So in the end, you probably one way or another want to have some sort of income. And Donald Trump laid a foundation for tens of millions of Americans to do exactly that in an easier way than the previous eight years under the Obama administration. A repressive, repressive administration was the Obama administration. And lo and behold, eight years of growth growth during domestic, gross domestic product, eight years of gross domestic product at under 2%, that was the average by my calculation. I hear other things out there, but I kept track of this stuff. Suddenly we have growth much higher than that. The numbers are still kind of being shaken out and and certainly want to throw out the year 2020. (laughs) But the bottom line is, Americans responded. They said, hey, wait a minute. This guy is trying to help us out. And we get it. Let's take advantage of it. Delivered a future of greater promise and opportunity for citizens for all backgrounds. Now, that may be the most important summation of the Trump administration from the economic standpoint. Because we know the unemployment rate was at record low levels. And it was at record low levels across all ethnic strata. And I hate the way they break it out, but they do. They black and Hispanic, record low black unemployment, record low Hispanic unemployment. Not anymore because the governors of the blue states crushed it. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Point is, the unemployment rate was at record low because businesses were expanding and they needed workers. And the stock market went through the roof. Your 401k or your IRA, look at it. Look at it. You're talking Dow 31,000 now. When the president was elected, In 2016, Dow was around 18,000, wasn't it? 19,000. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a straight-up line, basically. Yeah, there was a dip, a nice little buying opportunity during the Trump administration, and then back up, and then the Wuhan coronavirus hit, another dip, another buying opportunity, and now it's back up because the fundamentals are there. The people who buy and sell stocks and bonds believe in the future that's how the stock market operates the president Donald Trump achieved a record-setting economic comeback by rejecting blanket lockdowns and that's very very important the president never was on board with this and I know a lot of what he did he was forced to do in terms of the response to the Wuhan coronavirus but enough on that history will show and by the way When we speak of the Trump record, it's very important that constitutionalists who know how to write, chronicle the Trump administration, the legacy of the Trump administration for the history books. It's very important. If you are a writer, if you are a publisher, you need to chronicle it now in a nonfiction form for classrooms. So the truth is taught and not spun. Now, I know it's a battle to get it into the classrooms, but at least it's there. At least it's there for the record. Tax relief for the middle class. Actually, it was tax relief for everyone, and why not? You know, you have the radical left out there saying, well, millionaires and billionaires got a tax break. Are they any less American? I'm just wondering. Is Forbes any less American? than Graham-Ledger? So why not all Americans get a tax break? Ah, but see, that's not good enough for the radical left. Because they operate under the Communist Manifesto, right in there. A heavy, graduated income tax. It's the only way they know how to operate. And so if you make more money, you're going to pay a higher rate. We're never going to get the flat tax that I want. Frankly, we're never going to get the consumption tax that I would rather have than the flat tax. And we're never going to abolish the 16th Amendment unless the silent majority is silent no more. We can do all of the above if the silent majority is silent no more and you understand that we need the Second Declaration of Independence and a coalition of constitutional Americans. Let's go on the Trump legacy. Massive deregulation. This is huge. You know, the administration went in in 2017 hoping to eliminate two regulations for every one new one. Well, it turns out that they eliminated eight regulations for every one new one. And what this meant prior to the response to the Wuhan coronavirus was that government was off the backs more and more and more. The federal government was off the backs of the American people. And again, this is something that throws gasoline on the fire of growth. Well, suddenly you don't need this permit? Wow. Let's go. Let's do it. And look for that to change as well. And What this resulted in was Americans having more money in their pockets corporations having more money to reinvest. That's so evil, according to the radical left. No, it's how you grow an economy. Because if corporations have more money, corporations are people. And so what are the people going to do with the money? Well, they're going to reinvest. They're going to grow their business. And when they grow their business, what are they going to do? They're going to expand. And when they expand, they need more people. More employment. And, by the way, federal government... This is the the paradox of how liberals don't think this through. When you have a healthy economy, you grow and expand the tax base. And when you grow and expand the tax base, then you actually have more money coming into the federal government. Uh, The president also, of course, famously took on the Chinese and tried to institute fair and reciprocal trade. And he renegotiated the cross-border deal between The United States, Canada, and Mexico, and made it less anti-American, anti-U.S., and more fair. And I think we're only beginning to see the fruits of the work that the Trump administration has done in terms of fair trade, Um, putting America first every step of the way, which we know what the prior administration was doing, and that is... Uh, leading from behind, if you will, that America was going to be second, a.k.a. the Paris Climate Accord. Um, The president is unabashed, President Trump is unabashed about supporting Americans and American farmers, for example. American uh, energy independence. Now, this is something that is dismaying to me because for the first time in three generations, the United States is now a net energy exporter, and it's funny to have people say, oh, this is because of the Obama administration. No. When you look at the blackouts that are happening in California, it's because of the mandates that have been put in place by their legislature and their governor. And that is... In the, in the universe of energy in California, X amount has to be coming from wind. X amount has to be coming from sun. X amount has to be coming from a hamster riding on a wheel. You get the point, right? So this pie shrinks. And so when demand is up, when the weather's hot, for example, everybody's running their air conditioners, this X amount from the hamsters and from the windmills can't generate enough electricity so that's why you have the blackouts. The Trump administration opened up oil exploration, and that dreaded word, fracking, allowed fracking to grow, and now the future of fracking is probably not so bright, is it, under the incoming Biden administration, but this is what the Trump White House did. and. It's so important to get the response to the Wuhan-China coronavirus correct in terms of the history books because this president did everything that a president could do in spite of the fact of the truth behind the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. And that was, ironically, to harm the re-election chances of Donald Trump. And apparently they did a pretty good job. This president put together a task force immediately. While the Democrats in early 2020 were impeaching him, he was setting up a game plan to respond to an unprecedented attack by a virus. Unprecedented because we didn't know anything about it, and we still don't know its origin. We never should have shut down any aspect of our economy. We should have allowed Americans to live. And when you look at the death toll, we know that that 400,000 to this point, 400,000 dead by the Wuhan coronavirus is a phony number, first of all. But even if we stipulate it's correct, that's over a 10-month period, that's 40,000 a month. During a bad flu season, the death toll is 30,000 a month. We lose 5,000 Americans every day. 5,000 Americans die every day. And we know it's been chronicled over and over and over again. Car crash, death by Wuhan coronavirus. Fatal car crash. Suicide, ruled a death by coronavirus. On and on and on. And it's not anecdotal. It's done because we know that the hospitals get more money from the federal government if it's death by Wuhan coronavirus. We know this. We know that hospitals get more money if they snake a tube down the throats of people and put them on a ventilator. We know this to be the case. And we also know one of the reasons why there's a spike in hospitalizations due to the Wuhan coronavirus is because the FDA mandates that remdesivir, the number one treatment, although there's alternatives out there now, and there always has been, like hydroxychloroquine, that remdesivir can only be administered if someone is checked into the hospital. That's genius, right? What does it end up doing? Flooding hospitals. Hospitals are okay, really. They are. I mean, you hear the staff. Oh, the staff says we're overworked. It's terrible. Meantime, the hospital administrators aren't re- aren't uh, aren't uh, complaining, are they? You know why? <laughs> because they're getting money. They don't need elective surgeries right now when they're getting a premium for Wuhan coronavirus patients. This is mind-boggling. Stupid Joe Biden? This is stupid. So the legacy of, of President Trump and his response to the Wuhan coronavirus is very, very important that we get it right, that he acted early, and that his Operation Warp Speed is responsible for... A couple three vaccines that are working out there and working well and they have been brought to market three times faster than anyone would have predicted remember the so-called experts well maybe by summer 2021 we'll have a vaccine well ladies and gentlemen we had a vaccine being administered in this country in december of 2020 so they're wrong again and yes For the record, he did invoke the Defense Production Act over a 100 times to repurpose certain facilities to produce things like PPE. And so this is what a president should do. A president should use his authority within the confines of the United States Constitution and for the good of the people to advance a response to a virus. And the president, for the record, was never in favor of shutting down Any aspect of the economy. And I know why he didn't want to wear a mask. Because masks, A, don't work, and B, are a symbol of repression. Just ask our good friends in the Muslim community. Um, Part of the legacy would also include putting constitutionalists on the highest court in the land on down. Now, I haven't been too impressed with the three he appointed to the Supreme Court. Um, I think they have been uh, very unpredictable from a constitutional perspective, not as bad as John Roberts, their boss. But I think they've been wishy-washy at best. We'll see, especially when the abortion cases start coming up. Um, of course, immigration and securing our southern border. Uh, maybe the greatest legacy of the Trump administration, even more so than the economy, because we know the economy can go up and down, right? But the wall, hopefully, will not be torn down. I don't put it past this incoming administration. I don't put it past them to, to do something as nefarious as of that, of, of, of symbolically starting to dismantle the wall. I pray to God this doesn't happen. Um, I pray to God that even some thinking Democrats would have a problem with that. I, I read some social media posts... Um, from these radicals on the left, and I, I really say to myself, what, what, what do you want of this country? I mean, it, it, it appears that people truly want to dismantle this country, and certainly wipe out its borders and turn it into—I don't know what. And if you ask Joe Biden and Kamala or Harris what their ultimate goal is, they can't exactly tell you. But it has to do with the essential goal that I outlined just 20 minutes ago, and that is redistributing wealth, and that is taking from producers and giving to non-producers. And if you don't believe me, here's Kamala Homewrecker Harris herself. Roll tape. Of course, even as we celebrate, we must remember the work, the fight that lies ahead. The fight to save lives and beat this pandemic. The fight to rebuild our economy so it works for working people. The fight to root out systemic racism and combat our climate crisis and strengthen the democracy we all cherish. Make no mistake, the road ahead, it won't be easy. But America is ready, and so are Joe and I. Stop the tape systemic racism. Show me where systemic racism exists. See, this is the tool, the tool they're using to impose their radical ideology on us. They're accusing me and anybody who doesn't have dark enough skin that uh, accusing us of being racist. There's no evidence of it. I've been accused of that. Had to go to court Clear my name. Unfortunately, the, the way the media works is they do a story. Graham Ledger is being sued and then they never do, well, Graham Ledger was completely exonerated. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So this is the way they work. I've been victimized by it. You're going to be victimized by it. Fasten your seat belts. What they want in the name of income equality, That's, this is their goal is redistribution of wealth with the government in the middle in charge of all this. Now, thinking Americans should know that our founding documents give us equality under the law. They don't give us income equality, and we don't want income equality. Income equality would have never produced a Warren Buffett. It would produced what they got in Cuba, or in North Korea, or in the failed Soviet Union. Income inequality allows poor people to get wealthy. You don't want income equality. So this is part of the the dual America that I'm talking about here. We have two tracks here. We have those who are attacking our founding documents, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And we have those who see it being attacked and want to restore the basic principles of the United States Constitution. If you go to GrahamLedger.com, I have a question on there um, about the future of the Republican Party. And the question is very simple. Would you support Donald Trump if he and other Republican leadership form a new constitutional political party? The future of the Republican Party is something we're going to have to have a conversation about the future of the Republican Party at the federal level, at the state level, at the local level, whatever. It's a mess. And clearly, aspects, maybe the majority of the Republican Party, would rather see Donald Trump out of town than see Donald Trump in the White House again. And that's problematic. Because Donald Trump helped prevent a whitewash in the United States Senate. It's Donald Trump's coattails that helped the Republicans in the House of Representatives gain during the presidential election, which, again, makes no sense and helps prove our case for massive election fraud because it, it doesn't work that way. If Joe Biden won this landslide or Joe Biden won the majority, then the coattails would have helped solidify and increase the majority in the house it didn't and have a clear majority in the senate it didn't and also you can use that formula at the state level and the local level as well it didn't happen the coattails were not there so go to GrahamLedger.com and you can answer that question. You can also look and see the plan to fix California, which is, again, something we need to be talking about because you don't want the cancer of California spreading to your state. You don't. You want to contain the cancer and then hopefully slowly shrink the cancer. And one way to begin is to recall the governor of California. Recall Gavin2020.com. It's another site that you may want to support. These two Americas need to be brought together if there's a if there's a way to do that. You're never going to convince everybody, but you can convince the mushy middle. One third of Americans are radical, one third are constitutionalists, and then there's the mushy middle. So it's that mushy middle that we need to get on our side. And one of the ways to do so, I suggest, in this second declaration of independence, is to form coalitions. And it's something we're going to have to be talking about um, during 2021. But when we look back at the legacy of Donald Trump, it's a fabulous one. It's a marvelous one. And I, for one, would like to say thank you, President Trump, for doing what you did for four years, standing up for the Constitution, standing up for liberty, standing up for the American people. And Delivering on your promises like no president in the history of this republic and allowing us to have a wonderful economy, allowing us to have more freedom, allowing us to have hope. And it is true that the Trump legacy is greater and much stronger than the people who are trying to tear it down. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.